if you had one last chance to watch cricket, one last chance for the rest of your life to watch the game so many love, who would you want to take to the field? Join me, sports journalist Oliver Laurie, as we chronicle the life of the most important names in cricket, getting to know the person behind the personality. And along the way, we'll discover their cricketing dream team. The ground, batter, bowler, keeper, captain, fielder, and even lunch break snack that they would want to see as their time watching cricket, unfortunately, came to an end. Welcome to the Cricket Chronicles podcast. My guest this week is the writer, broadcaster and editor of County Cricket Matters, Annie Chave. Looking back now, Chave had no choice but to fall for County Cricket. It was written in, or rather written by, the stars. Viv Richards and Joel Garner's appearances for Somerset in the 1970s saw to it that Chave would be where she is today. All these years later, she's a cricketing trailblazer. Not that she would say so herself. I'd started it earlier. It might have been very, very difficult. I mean, the world is opening up to women much more. She speaks as someone who is resolved to amplify the voices of those who hold the Red Bull game so dear in the hope they might not be drowned out by the seemingly cacophonous nature of the commercialised cricket media. Through the effort she puts into her work, Chave hopes to offer a wilting game the chance to blossom once more, just as it did for her all those years ago. As you'll soon find out, though, Chave's story is about so much more than just cricket. In a media world that shows such hostility to those who dare challenge the status quo, and in the face of the overt misogyny women must face up to every day of their lives, Chave's story goes far beyond just campaigning for the four-day game. Her story is one of resilience, decency, and the strength of character needed to commit oneself to a cause in the knowledge it's the right thing to do, even if the world around you does nothing but tell you otherwise. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I wonder, for someone who's given so much to the game later in life, when was the first time the game gave something back to you? What is your earliest cricketing memory? When I was probably about nine and, and learning to score with my dad, really. Um, that's how I remember my um, childhood and my childhood cricket. And that's when this sort of penny dropped and I thought actually this game is fantastic and I, I'm here to stay really. And was your dad also a cricket nut? Totally yes absolutely um, took all uh, four of his children to cricket every weekend and um, yeah we were completely besotted with the game. And without wanting to, um, to have to make you compare yourself would you say you're more of a cricket nut now than your dad was back when he was taking you and your siblings to the cricket? I don't think so. I don't think you could be more of a cricket nut than my dad, actually. Um, you should see his uh, wisdom collection and his uh, amount of books he's got on cricket and uh, how all our conversations are about cricket. I mean, basically, me and him and my brothers talk about cricket continually, if we meet. So. An insight into the, the table talk. Oh, God. The household. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, in fact, um, my sister does this thing of sort of looking at her watch, thinking, right, when are they all going to start talking about cricket? <laughs> so, yeah. So is your sister a bit of an outlier in that sense? She she does like cricket a lot, um, but she's not uh, obsessed with it, and her husband isn't either, so it's kind of like she she's a bit on out on the edge a bit, yeah. So we'll dig into your childhood and where that love of cricket came from a bit more in a little bit. Um, but you know how this podcast works. Um, <laughs> how do you think you will manage having only one more chance to watch cricket? 
And this is what you're giving me, isn't it? One more chance. Unfortunately. I think it would be really, really hard to to imagine that, actually. Um, I'd have to... I'd have to have a shed load of books that I just constantly read so that I can cope. <laughs> and maybe lots of videos as well. <laughs> I've watched the, watched the Ashes series 2005 on, on a bit of a loop. <laughs> Good. Well, um, given that you're counting down the days to the restart of the domestic season, quite literally with... Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hosts, um, I probably could have guessed that, really, and probably most people in the community could as well. Bunny, so this is happening. One last chance to watch cricket. Yeah. For that final day, afternoon session of cricket that you're going to watch, where would this cricket match take place, which is the dream location for you? The dream location, okay. Well, th- this is a, this is such a difficult one because uh, you, it's really cruel, actually. Um, so there's so many lovely outgrounds there's so many lovely um county grounds and and i absolutely love being at somerset but if i had just one ground that um to me um covered my love of cricket for the whole of my life it would have to be one on the edge of dartmoor mm-hmm. um it's called lustly and um it's just the quintessential English um, ground. It's right by a beautiful pub in a tiny village with a um, lovely church. And um, it's got a stream running by it. And it's a beautiful ground with wall, a beautiful wall around it. Um, the teas are incredible. And um, I spent uh, probably eight of my summers um that was our summer holiday we'd go to lusley which is only like 16 miles away from where we live um and we'd camp for three weeks in a field next to the cricket ground and that would be our summer holiday and um it just means so much to me still still means so much to me so i'm at my happiest at that ground although i love somerset and i love lords and i love lots of other grounds um that would have to be it mm. and do you go to lusley often or do you keep yes, yes um i mean i go to lusley um or cricket i i rarely go apart from that it's got a great cream tea um cafe there um but uh, <laughs> uh generally um erratic still play there and it's it's just a beautiful ground and i will go as often as i can because it's just beautiful yeah and the quality of cricket that's played it's got quite short boundaries so there's a lot of sixes and a lot of lost balls <laughs> so I, and i know it's not the best ground for for example uh, my husband and my son, that's not their favourite ground, but um, I don't have to play on it. I have played on it, but I don't have to play on it. So um, I just watch it and it's just stunning. So we'll see what happens when, I don't know who the next selections of yours will be, but if we've got some big hitters in there, then they might enjoy their, <laughs> or the fact they're playing at a sort of a minor ground. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So Annie, looking back to your time at school, um, did you know at that point that you'd have a passion for for what would end up being a 
career in broadcasting and also that if you had the confidence that you'd be able to carve an existence for yourself within the media did that start back in school or was that something I started a bit later in life yeah definitely later in life but although I always um I'm one of those people that I, I kept a diary from the age of 12 so I still keep it now um and it's uh, so I write a lot and I've always written little stories and things like that so I've always been uh, and and I did an English degree so I I love books and I love writing so that's always been in me uh, and I love cricket and then just at some point they came together really um and that point was when my my son left for university and I had more time and you know that sort of thing so and if I I, I don't want to don't want to out you here but if I were to ask one of your teachers for a school report <laughs> would they have said teacher's pet and he's a teacher's pet or would they have said troublemaker at the back of the class always always writing in a diary always you know talking about cricket or they they've said, said yeah no they'd have said i talk too much um definitely um and i really ought to knuckle down a bit more okay yeah. so did did you enjoy school then or are you yeah, more, that's focused cool. yeah, that's... more focused on the cricket rather than even at that age than actually the work that you're supposed to be doing yeah, a little bit, but I, I loved sport. I loved all sport. So I played um, netball, I played hockey, I played football. We didn't have cricket at school, so... But no, I um, I, I just chatted too much, I think. i say it probably leads you nicely into being a broadcaster, right? Yeah. Uh, we're talking too much. Um, right, Annie, so you've arrived in Lusley, mm -hmm. um, and you look out to the middle. Mm. Um, who would you want to see batting and why? And I actually have five pounds on who you're going to say, so we'll see if I'm right or not. Right, again, I, I'm going to cheat a little bit here because I feel like these two players are as one. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, um, of course, Marcus Triscothic. I hope that was who you put down. That, that was my bet. Yeah. I thought that was quite okay. a safe, safe Yeah, one. I love watching Marcus Triscothic play, but the other person is my son. And, uh, you know, he, he'll be greatly flattered by this, of course. But he's a left-hander. Um, he modelled himself on Marcus Driscoll when he was younger. And I uh, they, I can't separate them from my favourite batsman because I, I have such joy when I watch my son bat. He's just getting better and better all the time. Uh, and I, I have that same joy when I watch Marcus Driscothic bat. Not that he's getting better and better each time, because obviously that's not happening now. But um, just that same sense of th this is someone solid, someone who can really bat, um, and he makes me happy to watch him. So both both of them. Uh, and Marcus, bloody hell, would he love the boundaries at, at Lusty? Uh, I mean... <laughs> he would be delighted. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. That's the first person. You're the first person to test the rules. I'm sorry. Try no, no. I mean, I am being very cruel to you, making you only have one last chance to watch cricket. Yeah. So I think it's only fair that I have a bit of give and take. We'll we'll morph them into one person. Yeah. Maybe from one side it'll look like your son, the other side it'll be Marcus Driscoll. Yeah, no, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure that would work. You guys are so similar. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So when you uh, when you left school after being 
someone who talks too much and not particularly happy or fav- a favorite of the teachers. Um, <laughs> was the was a career in the media always an option for you, or was there a plan B that you um, did, basically? What was your initial plan? Was it always to try and I don't know look after your son and then move into the media? Or were you constantly trying to get into the media, but you couldn't? What was that progression into working? I don't do plans, really. Um, I think my main thing, my main focus was just finishing my degree and then seeing where things went. And then I, not long after I had my son, and that was where my focus was. And I didn't didn't really look back. I, um, I just, uh, both my husband and I, want to enjoy what we do and and we both have always done that um in our careers so i as soon as my son wasn't the main part of my uh life then i went on and thought right well i love cricket i've always loved cricket i want to make something of cricket and and the skill i have is writing or um you know, talking about cricket. So let's see how I get on. Mm. And looking back now, is there part of you that wishes that you'd started that sooner? Maybe that you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, there's no point regretting about that. Is there? I mean, if I'd started it earlier, I, it might have been very, very difficult. I mean, I'm I'm lucky at the moment because the world is opening up to women much more, um, and. I don't know if I'd have had the strength that some of the uh, earlier women um, did to continue uh, against the odds. So, so maybe, maybe now is is much better time, or, or the last few years. It, it's it's a great time to be. Personally, I find it a great time to be a woman in um, cricket because people want to hear your voice now. I don't know, ten years ago they possibly wouldn't have. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that perspective that you've got. Um... In a little while, but I um, would like to ask you about who your bowler will be. Who will be steaming in or trundling in or whatever it might be? This is only one person. Okay. Uh, exactly. Um, because, again, there's too many, too much choice. It's just ridiculous. And I, I really do love a leg spinner. Uh, I think leg spinning is just fantastic. But... Um, my favourite ever bowler, and again, someone that made me smile from the moment I saw him, was Courtney Walsh. And the partly because he just kept going and kept going, such a workhorse, he never broke. Um, and him and Kirtley Ambrose were just such a delightful partnership. And, you know, I kind of missed the, I'm too young for the um, Andy Roberts and, and, and all that spell of bowlers and holding didn't really see them but these two were still iconic and this still was a very powerful West Indian team so yeah I, I, I and I loved Walshbury's smile um, just he just was a, a brilliant brilliant bowler So, so you must have so you saw him play, I'm guessing, at Somerset. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and and obviously I, I I've even seen him play in in tests. So um, yeah, um, 
but yeah, I saw playing yeah in the county scene because he obviously played for Gloucestershire for a long time. So yeah, and and he'd love um, lastly. I think he might get a few wickets there. <laughs> so I think he'd get a few wickets wherever he goes. Really, <laughs> really. Um, yeah, and for somebody who maybe hasn't can't necessarily relate to what the county game was like back when he was playing. These guys were superstars, right? They were the the biggest names in cricket would come out of their way to play county cricket. Yeah. What kind of impact did that kind of star factor have on, not just on you, but also on the local community who was, I guess, getting around Somerset? I think it's huge. I'm sad that we don't have that um, same overseas stars that stay the same county all the time. Um, Now, it's very rare, isn't it? uh, but they had that wow factor. I mean, we we were lucky enough to have the incredible Bib Richards, which I I can't believe he's not on my list here because he should be. But I can only have so many batsmen, and <laughs> um, uh, you know, so it are uh, absolutely essential. And I I'm excited this season um, for some of the overseas players we'll get, but. Um, but again, they're not they're not really county um, allegiance anymore. It's it, you know you, they, we share them around a bit too much. Mm. Yeah, sort of parachute in for a couple of games and then they go away do international duty. Mm. Whereas I guess they were a fixture at that club, sort of a, a club name almost. Um, Dali, moving on, you've been a fixture of the Creek Media <laughs> for I'm not going to say how long. I'm not even going to guess how long. I don't want to um, don't want to be rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the last four, four years. What has been the most challenging part, not just for being that sort of constant voice standing up for domestic cricket over the years, but also, um, I guess, the longevity of having to sustain that voice for so long? Because you've been going at it quite a while now. It's, it's always very hard to go against the grain of what is trending and what is popular. Um, it's also really hard because I think I've always loved the county game um and i've i've been championing that it's really really hard because it's it's not i I feel sometimes like i'm against the women's game and i don't i i'm not at all against the women's game and i I love the women's game and i'm so so pleased that it's going well and and you know I, i love all of that but i i'd love to be able to support the county women's game much more uh, and I find that really tricky. So I don't, you know, I, I think it, it's difficult um, to uh, say how much you love the county game without people feeling that you're not on the side of, you know, progression and women and, and all those things. Because cause I totally am. I just think you can do it a different way than, you know, as is being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's not necessarily working against the aims of the system is more about just trying to hone it and change it to make it a bit more productive for the communities that you work for. Now, we know just how much work there still has to be in order to diversify the media and get all the benefits that diversifying the media can bring. Um, And I know that there are some really great initiatives going on, like the Media Diversity Grant from LV, Creek Writers Club and BCOMS. But I'm conscious that you may well have been on the front line of that and knowing what it's like to not be represented in the media when you're trying to forge a path through it given that and let's be honest here that the 
media and the cricket media is still a man's world, right? So if you're happy to speak about it, were there times when you thought the cricket media just isn't a place for me and just this isn't worth the effort that I'm putting in here? No, I don't think so. Um, I think there's a there's a bit of a... I just think I'm, I'm lucky in, like I said, at the time I've come into it and also being older... I think I'd have found it tougher being younger and coming into it because I came into it at a point where I was quite confident about myself and what I was doing and how much. And, and I had read an awful lot about cricket and seen a lot of cricket and I didn't feel um, in that way kind of not listened to. I think I could, I could hold my own. And I think that's... Uh, really good place to come from and and also i think there's an awful lot of um men in the press box that are really keen to to get women involved and you know there's it's um like i said i think it is just a lucky time to come in i i've i've heard horror stories and and i've had some horrible comments you know from people but they you know they're they're um few and far between i know you're not gonna like me saying this um, and you'll probably refute it, uh, but I'm going to throw the world the T word out. I'm going to throw the word trailblazer out there. <laughs> Not that one again. <laughs> well, I come back to this because I think coming from the outside, and I know I haven't got really much experience in this world, but it strikes me that you're doing for county cricket what people are now sort of starting to realise they should be trying to do. Now starting to po- starting to podcast, what I'm yeah. doing now. Um, dedicating a specific piece of content not just for the fans but also to serve a purpose as well actually be activist with your writing with your work mm. um in that sense i feel like you're ahead of your time do, do you feel that you are a trailblazer uh well i it's, it's a it's an odd thing to think but um what i would say is where i'm different from others if that's what you mean is that I try and I'm trying to be positive and give a you know and, and give a boost to the county game rather than the constant arguments left, right, and centre that people have. And, and and I feel I try I really try and do that. At times I have um, a bit a few meltdowns where I think, oh, you know, like, this isn't going anywhere, and people, you know, I'll I'll argue a bit with somebody, but. But generally, I, I'm trying to say, you know, we can do this within, within the infrastructure that we have within the within the this country and how it's set up. There are things that can be done. If people keep saying to me, "Oh, it's a shame that this is the case," but, you know, and I just think, what if it's a shame? We can change that, can't we? And and someone like George DeBell, you know, I I heard him talk, and he he says things like. Right. Well, this this can change. We don't we don't have to stick to this. And I think, yeah, you're right. Things can change. Mm. So. Change indeed. I wonder, are you consciously aware that you're a role model to people, especially young women coming up into the cricket media? Is that part of your calculation in the work? I'd like to be. Um, uh, but again, I I don't know how much. Um, younger women will listen 
to me personally because I'm not necessarily. It depends if they're into the county game and and or or into the women's game because although I would be happy to talk about the women's game a lot, I don't I don't know it as well as others and um, and I I don't know how much they you know people will listen to me, but I you know I'd like to think that I would try and help people um, feel confident about doing what I'm doing. You have to see it to be it, right? Yeah. And if you don't see <laughs> like you in those positions, hmm. then it's almost a barrier that you have to break down. So um, yeah. Yeah, more, yeah, more power to do. In that case, yeah. I mm. mean, anyone, any any woman that's doing something in a, a mainly male world is, you know, is going to be breaking those barriers down a bit, which is great. Yeah, I'll get you to call yourself a trailblazer at some point. Okay. Maybe the end of the season, we'll see. <laughs> keep working on you. Yeah. Um, Nani, let's take a moment here and find out who would be pulling the strings at Lustly. Who would be the captain overseeing the play? Okay. I I do feel like I... I do. You see, I have such a wonderful family and I'm really, really lucky. Um, and so it's all a bit um, Waltons. But uh, I don't know if Waltons means anything to you. <laughs> that be, is that a, a TV show? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's an old TV show, and, and it's all about a, a family that all were very um, close. Anyway, um, it would be my dad because he um, he knew absolutely how to bring everybody into the uh, game. He was he's the epitome of fair play and um, about friendly cricket, or uh, you know any cricket. Um, so. It would be him because I'd look up to him and say, wow, how can you, you know, how do you know instinctively how to, where to put people in the field, how to bring them into the game, um, where to place them in the batting order. And he always did. And, or, you know, he was a, he was a fantastic captain. Um, uh, and I love that instinct of the game and, 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 and the fact that it is competitive, I'm talking about friendly cricket here, it is competitive, but it's also really, really important to give give the game to everybody and, and find the strengths of the team, play, of the players. And, and he always did that. I'll say, when you say the strength of the players, I think he might be quite happy to, um, well, happy to see a mixture <laughs> of just Gothic at the crease. Yeah. <laughs> might have to... Um, I think he might. Might have to... Pull a, I don't know, pull a basketball field placement out of the bag to try and yeah. run to slosh some more Now, some, including me, would consider you to be the the voice of county cricket. I can't think of really anybody else who has championed that game more than yourself. Um, how greatly do you value the county cricket community and the, the support that they give you um, for the work that you do? Yeah, um, you mean the counties themselves, or the members, or the, the the counties themselves, but also the 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 cricket fans, the sort of the grassroots cricket lovers, who use your work as a lifeline to stay connected with the game, yeah. ignored by the media, really. Um, of course, it, it's it's wonderful to go to Somerset or wherever I go, and to. Um, 
not only be really, really welcomed in the press box, they're lovely to me, um, but to go around the ground and, and get stopped and, and people say lovely things about how important, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you're really important. I've got a, a, a woman that sends me cards every month with a, a donation check-in and just saying how important um, I am and what I'm doing is to her life and all her um, friends. So things like that are, are just just priceless. Um, and then, you know, I'll go to other grounds and someone will say, are you sorry? And so I love what you're doing, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I feel really loved and respected by the, the um, cricketing community. And I wonder, are you someone who who feeds off of that? Um, not I say adulation isn't the right word, but the sort of validation of the work that you're doing. Um, is that something that really drives you and motivates you to do more of it, or is it something where you're doing it for the love of the game? And if people want to come along with you, that's great. But actually, it wouldn't necessarily matter how many people engage with the content. But how how important is that engagement to you? I think there's there's times I'll, I'll start off something and I'll, I'll be working in my magazine and think this is really hard work and I'm not I'm not getting anywhere or I have, I have a bad day and then I'll get a message from someone and I'll think okay this is why I'm doing it this is this is the reason you've said how important it is and I I actually really needed that other times I mean I started off the bank you know, we started off the magazine without any idea. And I thought, right, this is what we're doing. I want to, I want to, um, I want to showcase county cricket. So I think it's a bit of a mixture, but I think I would still keep doing it. But it's really nice to get that affirmation. Yeah, it is, and and especially there's some really heartbreaking stuff I get through, and I just say, oh my god, I can't believe someone said that. You know, so um, yeah, mm. that is important. Yeah, no, it's uh, really nice to hear that the. Mm. something I guess that goes with county cricket in a way is because it, it's quite a tight-knit community mm-hmm. about supporting each other isn't it and that sort of personal connection that you can get is something which I've seen in that community that you don't necessarily see in the other forms of cricket in the same way Annie thank you for that let's now move on to your dream fielder who will you choose again I mean you, you can say the John T. Rhodes of the world I mean the, the fielding standard has been absolutely stunning um over the last few years just some of the class acts of boundary catches and uh, i mean it's thrilling thrilling to watch um it's certainly not replicated in uh, our friendly cricket team (laughs) that's far more village (laughs) but um but i think just as something that is really on the up is is women's cricket and and the fielding and the technical side of women's cricket is in, is just so so obvious that the the uh, advance in that and and uh, just from watching um this world cup i i was absolutely stunned and and have been for a while now the the fielding by Ennis Perry uh i think there are a few people that can feel. I mean, she fields all over the ground. She seemed to be at every point in the ground, 
uh, getting catches or, or stopping boundaries. And uh, I, the le- level of fitness she must have, um, and I, I think it's wonderful. And, and there's no way that she'd um, stick out in a, a a men's game in any way, shape, or form. Her fielding and or her round all round cricket is just incredible. So um, I'm going to say her because although there's been some fantastic fielding everywhere and and in all all teams i i just think the advance and and um, the skill set uh, uh, she shows is is incredible damn it <laughs> this is turning into quite the uh quite the cricket occasion got <laughs> gothic hybrid at the crease very going around the boundary On your behalf, but a plug nevertheless. Um, so you're editor of County Cricket Matters, as people hopefully know. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about when and how that started, and how big of a prospect it was to have that print magazine in the county game? Um, literally, just I guess come from nothing really. So can you talk to that a little bit? Um, yeah, well, it started in uh, 2019. Uh, November. Uh, it wasn't. I wasn't the editor of the first edition. That was James Butler, um, and uh, we started it with um, the Lancashire um, Supporters Association because all of us were concerned about the impact the hundred would have on county cricket, and um, the first edition was basically just a. Uh, the hundred is a bit um is is gonna be really difficult and there was lots of um uh articles on why the hundred wasn't a good idea. And then um and then we decided to uh change that in the second edition and uh we kind of separated ourselves from the Lancashire supporters group, which were more militant about the hundred and um and a bit more um yeah, uh, just just a bit more antagonistic, and we were, uh, we felt a bit more. We just wanted to celebrate county cricket, and that's what. And, and I felt much more strongly about that, and said, "I'll edit, and I'll, um, um, and we'll just have, you know, articles. Of course, we'll have some contentious articles. I'm not, you know, we're not running away from that. But what we wanted to do." First and foremost was to say county cricket is excellent, and this is this is why it is excellent. In a in a very divisive world, a bit of celebration now and again doesn't go amiss, does it? Yeah, I just don't. You know, there wasn't anything. I mean, the cricketers does a fantastic um, section of county cricket, and they always talk about county cricket, and they do their their wonderful April edition. Oh, is it March edition? April? Yeah, April edition where they talk about they have a section all of the counties and and I you know I, I really love that and I cherish that copy and and wisdom do too it's not but but that none of them do exclusively county cricket and and I thought that there was a, a space for it and I wonder though it only started in 2019 um what are some of the most I guess impactful stories that you've published in county cricket matters that you thought you know we set out to try and achieve this and this is the kind of, I don't know, maybe big ticket interview or 
opinion piece or whatever that really this is a really good validation of why we're doing this project yeah i mean it i had a there were a couple of interviews i did for example with uh, with barry richards i did an interview with him and uh he's not well known for his love of the county cricket and uh it was interesting trying to talk to him about that um but you know he also knows that county cricket gave a lot more of a life uh, of cricket than he possibly would have had so um that was quite interesting i remember having this conversation with him and thinking how do i make this not a negative conversation um so you know we we came to some sort of understanding about what how, why and how county cricket is important and he de- he does feel that it's just a i remember thinking this is a this is quite a tricky one and again with michael holding um he hates the um he absolutely he's never seen an ipl match for example he's never seen he doesn't do t20 he loves the long ball of the game it's it's totally that's that's his up but he's very very set in what he thinks and um absolutely so you know he he doesn't have the same ideas about county cricket as me and that was you know that that was a, a tricky conversation to have as well but but a really really interesting one and wow what a man so um had a couple of those um we've had uh Stephen Wag did an interesting article about um the elitism of county cricket a little bit um which was yeah, yeah it was quite contentious but actually you know a lot of good points and, and we've had some lovely articles with like um Vic Vic Marks doing a little bit of how he you know him playing cricket and what it was like when he was playing cricket and um had some other players that have written uh, and lovely Jack Russell wrote an, <laughs> an article as well you know so we've had some yeah I think I think there's been some really really good stuff and it was lovely interviewing David Gower who said when I first started interview he said oh, I've got about I, I've only got about 20 minutes and then an hour and a half later, I was like, I've got to go now. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, it's been, yeah, really good. Learned so much and, and found it really fascinating. But I think, you know, we, we're not out to change, change the world. We're out there to just say, look, there is this part of the world that is fantastic and let's, let's, let's keep hold of this. Yeah. And it's really great to hear that sort of insight into the fact that some of the biggest names in the game although they're retired still have the time and the energy to support projects that support um, county cricket and actually aren't just oh yeah fine I'll sit down for an interview like maybe David Gower said initially (laughs) you get them talking about county cricket and then then you don't stop (laughs) and then exactly and then an hour and a half later you've got all these opinions you've got all these suggestions Hmm. and actually it does sort of run deep with people and actually that county cricket is has played such a big part in so many of the legends' career that there is going to be that interest and that sort of um emphasis on it that maybe the attention that it's given doesn't reflect nowadays i wonder it's a project that so many in the community love dearly i mean there's a not to give you another plug but the county cricket matters facebook group for example has Lots of members and lots of people interacting and talking about county cricket. Do you think it's important 
that you have the a magazine still in print and i ask that as a media sort of question where you see so many um modern media outlets are going all in on digital i know you've embraced that slightly with the facebook group and everything but do you still see that there's a niche and a place for a physical copy of something that you'll get delivered through your door certainly for um my readership yeah because they they inevitably aren't all young people that are really au fait with digital uh some of them probably don't even i i, I do have a couple that can't you know subscribe online you know um I do think, I do think so. Yeah, at the moment, um, because it's a physical thing, it's people collect things; they want to read it um, as as they read a book, um, and it's you know it's it's kind of pretty and and not it digital is tricky for some people, and it takes away the. I think the appeal of, of the article in some way. So I do think at the moment. I I mean environmentally, I shouldn't be doing it, and um, in the future maybe it will have to be just digital. But you can get it digitally. You just have to unfortunately go through Amazon to do that, yeah. as it's Kindle. But um, yeah. And when I've run out of copies, I will make digitally available. Uh, but there's no point doing that now if I've got a box load of uh, magazines. Mm, yeah, I guess it, maybe it speaks to the it's something quite personal and quite intimate about having a physical yeah. copy of something that is, is yours to read, whereas you see it on a screen. Yeah, and then some people order all of them because they they want to um, you know have the have the whole group. So yeah. it's like the mini Wisdom Almanac collection. Yes, I'd love to think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Less copies right now. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, or right, Annie, it's time for your next choice. Who will be behind the stumps? Who will have the gloves on, and why? Well, for me, there's only one choice. If it's not going to be my dad, because I've already chosen him, um, it's Jack Russell. Because I grew up watching him, I always thought he was really fun to watch he was eccentric um he was a good bat he was an important part of uh the england side and obviously an important part of uh, county cricket too so um and plus he's been an absolute star to me um so uh he's been really really helpful with everything uh, with the magazine and I think he's just a fantastic. Oh God, he's got some brilliant stories. What an agile guy behind the stumps, uh, and he um, stood up to a lot of um, bowling. And uh, yeah, uh, you can't go, you can't go wrong with him, really. And for those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting him and don't know him, um, how do you think he'll react to finding out that of any keeper there's ever been, ever? He is the one that you'll choose. I think he'll take it in his stride. <laughs> now, Annie, we're going to jump straight to um, the next choice of yours. You have to choose a commentator who will be setting up shop in in. Lastly, it'll be a summer's day, so it won't be 
won't be too cold up, Murray. Um, but actually, you're the first commentator we've had on the podcast. Um, so without revealing your choice just yet, for those at home who have never commentated on a game, can't imagine what it's like. What is it about commentating a game that you love so much? What is that attraction to commentary that you don't get in, let's say, other written pieces or, or other kinds of journalism, I guess? Well, because it's, it's live. You don't know what's going to happen. You, I mean, for Gorilla Cricket, for example, which I do commentary for, I mean, it is essentially you're sitting in a room with a bunch of friends just chatting about the cricket. And, and what, what is nicer than watching a live bit of cricket um, and all having opinions on it? I, I think it's just fabulous. Um, I think the unpredictability is really exciting. Uh, and it's it's just really, really, really fun. You're, you you get to watch a game that you really enjoy and and people are listening to you and, and uh, I think it's it's really... I mean, I remember the first time I ever did it, I thought, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I got down, I sat down in my chair and, and they started asking me questions and would chat and then I, I just sort of forgot I was, you know, in front of a camera and... Um, being listened to by people mm. and then uh, for the live stream at Somerset I've done a bit of that and um, it's it's just a, you, you, you're right at the top right behind the bowler and you're watching the game and and it's it's so exciting like I can't and you never know what's going to happen and, and then you're telling people what's happening and they're relying on you it's just really yeah it's really exciting mm. I wonder as I said somebody who's never done it before I wonder does it somewhat um, uh, not limit your ability to enjoy it? Because as you said, it's really enjoyable thing to do. But let's say it's a, I don't know, a final day shootout and you're so emotionally invested in, oh, you'll be unbiased, obviously, but you're so emotionally invested in Somerset that you will just be so tense and worried about this that you'll, you'll sort of shelve that kind of pure emotion and pure joy to stay professional on the microphone. Is that not a bit of a risk? I don't think I could stay professional on the microphone. <laughs> I I don't I don't think I can be impartial. It's, it's I don't think it's in me really. I I'll try, but um No, I, I think <laughs> I don't think I've ever been impartial when I've been on the air. Um so I but I don't you know, I I've commentated a lot on England, and I don't always want England to win. So um, I guess that's a bit impartial. Um, but I'd always want Somerset to win, whatever. Um, so I think that would be really really tricky to try and stay completely impartial. I don't I don't know many commentators that really manage to do that. I think that's part of the beauty of the BBC commentary is it's you know everybody who's who's there and, and who, what their team is that, you know, and any kind of, yeah, you know that they're really excited and they're trying to hide it, but they're not really hiding it. Yeah. And I guess that comes through as well, doesn't it? Because one of the nice things as somebody who came to um, cricket, not, not late necessarily, but I only really started getting back into watching and consuming cricket content around the 2017 Ashes. Um, and they were on um, BT Sport, and we did have BT Sport, so I just thought, oh, if I'm going to get into cricket, I'll be listening to TMS. And that was amazing, because it was sort of late at night, really cold outside, 
and you would just sort of hang out with the TMS commentators yeah. when they were in a really beautiful sunny Australia and you were sort of nestled in at night and and it came across that at that point it's just a, a, a nice thing to do and it's the personality and the joy that the commentators have really gets across to you and if there was going to be that sort of completely like non-biased yeah. just reporting the facts and I think it would lose a bit of its charm um, but to go on from that I mean, I was going to ask you what separated good commentators from the best commentators, but I think you'll probably do that with the explanation for this next category. So, Annie, who would you have commentate over the match action and why? Right. There's lots of fantastic commentators and we've got some really good women and some really good men. Um, Got some really dull ones as well. Um, but I'm not going to go into those. Uh, I do. I like. For me, I think the commentator has to have character. Also, a really, really amazing um, knowledge. And I, you know, I don't have the knowledge that half of the um, commentators do. So I would never um, claim to be a, a top commentator or anything. Um, but um, really, really, for example. I really like listening to Brathway, or is it Braithwaite? I never know quite. I think he's a really interesting and fun uh, listen. I really love, of course, um, Vic Marks. I think he's always got a story to tell. He is totally, it's not all about him ever. And, um, I love. I think he's just got a really nice voice. I love his laugh, um, and I think he's fantastic. But if I had to have one commentator, and it's it, it has to be because of my upbringing and what I listen to, but also what I've read about him. What an amazing, amazing man he was in terms of racism. Um, he was totally against it, and um, a, a really good, decent chap would be John Arlott and he had just a wonderful voice as well and he made me laugh and he just epitomizes um cricket from from my childhood and so he can't be anyone else really and I think he'd quite like commentating at Rusty you know there's a pub right by it for example (laughs) maybe you could commentate from the pub yeah maybe (laughs) we could work that out I'm sure we can make an exception um no, but he did some wonderful things for for Cricket, um, and I know he was hugely important with Basil Dolivera and all those sort of things. So, I think he's he's a good man. Mm. Okay, maybe maybe what we can do is we can give you John R as lead commentator. Mm. We'll have Carl Brathwaite and Vic Marks. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. One one doing the pub run to get yeah. some more drinks, and the other one do the commentary. They can switch. There yeah, you. that would be great. Yeah. I guess this is the most important question of the entire interview, really. Um, We're going to talk about food. We're talking about teas. Um, In your experience, having travelled the country watching cricket, which round, in your opinion, has the nicest teas and why? Um... Well, Lords, really. 
But I don't, like you say, I don't get the cricket teas, cricket teas. But they do really, really decent food there. The press box food that I've had at various places, I'm not really, um, not really one for hot food in at lunchtime or tea time or whatever, you know, a, a big fat meal of some sort. I don't, I'd prefer to have sandwiches and a bit of cake. Yeah. I, I like proper cricket tea. <laughs> I like maybe a scone or something. Okay. I'd prefer sandwiches, cake, tea. Yeah. And, well, I'm glad to say that you don't have to have one of the media lunches in your dream cricket scenario. Um, Definitely have a lusty, lusty cricket tea. So that, that that would be your dream, your dream tea, a lusty cricket tea. It's one one of them. Yeah. I mean, some of the Devon villages have incredible, incredible tea, um, and uh, lusty is one of them. Um, Loads of good sandwiches, lots of fruit, um, homemade cakes, scone, crisps, you know, just, just, just the right sort of mixture of proper cricket tea. I was going to, I'll grant you the a buffet selection of items and then you can just, as you like, go pick I, up. I quite you... like a bit of champagne or something alongside as well. That would be quite nice. We could There's definitely something... The Simplers do that at Linton and Lynmouth, um, the Valley of the Rocks. Okay. Champagne with your cricket. Yeah. That sounds yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a good experience for the for the audience, maybe... Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit dangerous when I'm scoring, for example. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> they, you can tell at what point they brought the champagne out based on how neat the scorecard is. Um, <laughs> Some really, really fascinating choices there. And um, <laughs> if it's all right with you, I'm just going to read back your choices and make sure that you're happy with them. And although it's a tragedy that you'll only be able to watch cricket one more time, actually, um, It'll be this is the last time. <laughs> yeah. If this is the last time you're going to watch cricket, then at least you have everything that you want. So mm. you will be going down to Lustly Cricket mm. Club to watch this game. Um, which is a beautiful ground with very narrow boundaries at places, which might be of note to the people coming up. Um, the batter will be a mixture between Marcus Triscothic and your son, because mm -hmm. you claim they're the same person. They are, yeah. Um, which they are, obviously. Um, the bowler will be Courtney Walsh. Yes. And he will be in discussion about where to bowl to this Marcus Triscothic slash okay. your son hybrid with your dad, who will be captaining. Um, Elise Perry will be sort of running around the field causing havoc doing amazing well, he's going to be busy uh, lastly I can tell you <laughs> yeah you're just going to the stream a bit as well <laughs> yeah. get the net out yeah <laughs> we um, got a net yeah. <laughs> yeah I say I don't know if Elise has ever um, had to go and get the net out to do the fielding yeah. but, um, no, well, anyway she stops it before it gets to the stream probably um, your keeper will be Jack Russell nothing will go behind yeah it, exactly. Um, John Arlett will be on comms, but we're also going to let you have um, Cars Brathwaite and Vic Marks substitute in now and again just to make the perfect trio. And while you're watching this game, you will have uh, a glass or two of champagne and an entire lustly tea for you to pick at. Oh, this sounds like heaven. <laughs> I was going to ask you how it sounds, but if heaven is a way you can describe it, I think I don't need to. 
can you think of many things, many things better that you could be doing with your time than having that scenario play in front of you? Um, not many. No, no, I can't really. A bit of sun and sea, um, maybe something in uh, the West Indies, or you know, at the <laughs> watching the West Indies or something in the Caribbean. But yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Perfect. Well, oh, Annie, it's been an absolute pleasure to chronicle your life in cricket today. To the listeners, if you're not already, do yourself a favour and check out County Cricket Matters. It really is worth your time. And to you, Annie, all the best for the future. Not that you need it, I'm sure you're, you're doing amazing anyway. And uh, here's to Somerset, coming second in the County Championship. No, no, no. I'm no, Middlesex no, no. this year. <laughs> now we're back in Division 1, we will be winning and not be losing to you. But no, yeah. Thanks again for taking the time to chat. It's been it's been amazing. Yeah, no, it's great. Thank you. Deciding to love cricket is easy. Deciding to use your love of cricket to achieve something greater than yourself, however, is anything but. It is this which struck me most during our conversation. Even if she wouldn't say it herself, she is a trailblazer in cricket. Despite the obstacles she's faced, giving up on county cricket was just, is just, never an option. And for as long as this remains the case, the world of county cricket will be in a better place than it was the day before. In a changing world, Chave's story serves as a timely, if all too necessary, reminder of why the drive for diversity and inclusion is so essential. But for now, we'll do well to celebrate the likes of Chave. All the darkness in the world can't extinguish the light of a single flame. And no matter how gloomy that look may have seemed for the county game, or for women's cricket for that matter, Chave has been a guiding light, offering a lost game direction in the darkest of times. That's it for this episode of the Cricket Chronicles. So much work goes into each episode, so please do take the time to subscribe, and even give us a rating. It takes 10 seconds, it's completely free, and makes a world of difference to us all. As always, you can get in touch with me, at Oliver Laurie on Twitter, or follow the podcast at Cricket Chronicles to keep up to date with the latest news, features, and guest updates. We'll be back very soon. Take care.